Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484-LOU and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Everybody, I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show, and thanks for being with us. You'll notice that replacing Speaker McCarthy with Speaker Mike Johnson hasn't solved all the world's problems or our own here at home. While he is a big improvement, maybe we'll have to give him more than four days to do a lot, but I do have high hopes for Speaker Johnson. And he's quickly passed a resolution supporting Israel He's passed a fifth appropriations bill on water and energy. Now seven more appropriations bills to go, but a great start. And Johnson and the Republicans have fewer than three weeks to prepare for the end of the current 45-day continuing resolution that's funding the government. The pressure is on and on all of us. In the Israel-Hamas-Iran war, the Israelis again elevating the intensity of their bombardment of Hamas in Gaza. This appears to be the escalation that a top advisor to Prime Minister Netanyahu promised when he said, Tonight, Hamas will feel the wrath of the people of Israel. All communications with Gaza, telephone, internet, all gone last night, as the Israeli incursion seems to have begun. Three weeks from the Hamas attacks on Israel and their murders of hundreds of Israeli civilians, men, women, children, and babies, their barbarism, their cruelty, and unspeakable evil, breaking the hearts of the world. Pro-Palestinian protests in this country that followed those attacks were shocking and they were sickening. The hundreds of thousands of students and young Marxist dims in the streets and in many of our universities, demonstrating in our capital against Israel. One California city, Richmond, near San Francisco, 
voted a declaration condemning Israel, accusing Israel of ethnic cleansing for crying out loud, calling for a ceasefire, without mention of the Hamas attacks on October 7th. The ignorance, the anti-Semitism in this country, I tell you, it's palpable and it is larger than I would have ever imagined. Our guest today is Chris Farrell. He's the Director of Research and Investigation at our favorite government watchdog group, Judicial Watch. They do a great job for this country. Chris, great to have you back with us on The Great America Show. It's been a while. Welcome back. Well, I'm very glad to say that I'm back in the USA. Uh, had a very interesting time running around Central Europe, uh, trying to cause trouble over there as well. But uh, good to be home in the good old U.S. of A., and it's great to be back on your show. Well, super, and it's and it's great uh, of you to, to take time to be with us. I, I want to start with, first of all, uh, what, you, what your sense is of what's happening in Europe. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got the Middle East. We've got the China. We've got uh, the United States, obviously, uh, and our and our. Our politics, uh, as venomous as they are, to take up. But I'd like to get your sense of what's happening right now in Europe, uh, and particularly in Hungary. So I was over in Hungary. I'd been invited to speak at a international pro-Israel summit to talk about Biden foreign policy, whatever that is. Um, and that had been planned months ago. And then right before I took off. Of course, the horrific terrorist attacks of October 7th took place. The organizers of the of the summit, this pro-Israel summit, said, you know what, we need to do this this conference now more than ever. So they continued on. A, a number of folks actually from Israel continued to come on over and, and join the summit. It was held the Monday after the attacks. Very interesting. I talked about the insanity of, of the Biden administration's foreign policy generally, but I also talked about some other issues that are really sort of the, the propaganda war that we now see. I, I, I predicted, unfortunately, my prediction didn't, didn't turn out exactly right. There was even less sympathy and less support for Israel uh, that manifesting itself than I predicted. I, I thought they'd get maybe a week. It turned out they got about six hours before they, the Israelis were being attacked by uh, all the pro-Hamas people. Uh, but that was the that was sort of the kickoff point for why I was over in Hungary. Hungary is a great country. It reminds me of America back in the 1980s. Uh, they're unabashedly, uh, in the most positive sense, nationalists. They're, they're, they love their country and they're proud of it. Um, but the, the the broader, I guess, uh, question with regard to what's going on in Europe. You've seen these rallies. You've seen. Uh, these groups that are pro-Hamas, anti-Israel, that are calling for, you know, death to the Jews and all kinds of other crazy anti-Semitic racist language. Uh, the place that they're not happening is in the countries where they don't permit illegal immigration. So Hungary and Poland are countries that say, no, we don't accept this mass migration nonsense. And guess what? They don't have pro-Hamas rallies, and they don't have any terrorism. Surprise, surprise. And it, the, the parallels right now with Europe uh, and the United States are immense because they're the massive uh, illegal immigration uh, in Europe, uh, massive immigration now in the United States under Biden. We're talking about somewhere just in this past year, 
the record shows 4 million illegal immigrants brought into this country illegally uh, and unlawfully by the administration. And I say it that way because that's precisely what is happening. And yep. and we're looking from the moment he took office to right now, the estimates are anywhere from eight to 12 million illegal immigrants in this country. Uh, we thought Angela Merkel was mad to be bringing in five million uh, illegal immigrants uh, during her time. Uh, this this administration makes the the the, the Angela Merkel uh, days look uh, rather pedestrian and uh, uh, constrained, don't they? They do, and you know, uh, even the Europeans, in in a rather slow motion fashion, are realizing that their reckless policies that they've embraced have consequences. And it's really, it's fundamental stuff. It's housing, healthcare, education. It tears at the social fabric. It radically changes the host country. Uh, it arguably undermines really some of the tenets, some of the foundational principles of Western civilization, because large, large numbers of the migrants don't wish to assimilate. They don't wish to adopt, uh, I'll just call it Western culture, Western civilization. They're not interested in that. They're there for financial reasons. They're there for uh, really even sort of a, 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 a cultural absorption of Western Europe. Um, they're not interested in becoming, identifying as a Frenchman or as a German. They often self-segregate and stay in their own enclaves, often in places uh, that where the police are not even permitted to patrol. Um, and, and it sets up these sort of ghettos uh, and these, these districts or zones that, that it splits the culture. It splits the community into pockets that end up becoming uh, adverse to each other. Uh, and Macron, and it, it, for example, it, it is, is, has learned yeah. the hard way. I mean, you're describing France, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and to think of uh, of all the places to to be subjected to what is it, it's really not multicultural. It's multifactional, uh, and the factions, as you say correctly, I believe, uh, you know, are, are nationalistic. Uh, they're fleeing their home countries, but wanting to make France, for example, uh, or Germany, wherever it may be in Europe, uh, just like uh, what they've left. Uh, it, it's mindlessness. It's uh, also uh, destructive as it can possibly be uh, of, a, of a society that was once, uh, uh, you know, quite different. Uh, rules of law, orderly, uh, creative. Uh, France now is on hard times, and Macron even of all of the people, is amongst the first to say it's time for this to stop. Uh, and it's time uh, to no longer tolerate uh, anti-Semitism. It is no longer, a per, you know, in the interest of the nation in any way to put up with what they now have become. And there's a schizophrenia going on, because as there's been these sort of national realizations or epiphanies where people are saying, hey, wait a minute, well, hold on, there's consequences to what we've been doing for the last almost 10 years. Um, at the same time, the European Parliament is trying to mandate migrant quotas on member states of the European Union. 
to which our friend Viktor Orban, the prime minister of, of Hungary, has told them to go to hell. He's not going to be mandated to take anybody into the country. Uh, Hungary has a, their own process for uh, seeking citizenship and being naturalized. And if you want to, you can go through the process and you can enter. But they're not having people jam down their throats. And they're certainly not pe taking people that entered unlawfully. Yeah, it's, again, the parallels are remarkable. Uh, Orban uh, is uh, caricatured uh, in the national Marxist media, uh, Marxist corporatist media. Imagine that uh, admixture. But that's where we are right now with the corporate media of this country. Uh, he, he's portrayed as a right-wing strongman, uh, rigid, uh, uh, unthinking. And in point of fact, he is the opposite of that, isn't it? He is he's one of the few leaders in in Europe actually talking about creating uh, peace, tranquility and prosperity and delivering on much of it. Yeah, I, I don't have to guess at this. I've met with Prime Minister Orban on a handful of occasions and actually sat and spoke with talked with them. I mean, it, it, it's not a it wasn't a, a two minute receiving line greeting. It was sitting for a couple of hours talking with him. Uh, he's probably one of the brightest, wittiest, well-educated, well-read people I can think of. He's, his English is excellent. He's very articulate and bright. Uh, he has a great uh, perception and, and depth of understanding of the issues that are confronting not just his country, but NATO more broadly, and really even you know, the issues that the United States has to wrestle with. Uh, he knows his mind. He knows what he believes and what he thinks. And uh, the last thing he is is an authoritarian. They always want to paint him as some sort of, you know, a tin pot dictator or something. That is a load of garbage. Uh, the, the Imagine that coming I, from the left wing media. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that, that I find gets zero press is at this conference I was at, the uh, Israeli ambassador to Hungary. Uh, and a couple of other Israeli officials, one of whom was an advisor to Netanyahu, and another one was a spokesperson for the Knesset, uh, they all resoundingly said that the absolute safest place in all of Europe for Jews was Budapest, Hungary. It is the, the largest synagogue in Europe and the, the safest living environment for Jews in all of Europe. So they, they sing the praises of Orban and his... The, the safety and security of the environment. And that goes, frankly, for all sorts of, I'll just generally refer to them as minorities, whatever whatever group that isn't the majority. If you're not a Magyar, if you're, if you're not a, a native right. Hungarian, uh, you know, your rights are protected, you're safe, your property, your well-being. This idea that there's, that there's some kind of, you know, goon squad or some, you know, authoritarian dictatorship. It, it is the biggest load of garbage you could possibly imagine. We're talking with Judicial Watch's Chris Farrell. We're coming right back. Please stay with us. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back now. We're talking with Judicial Watch's Chris Farrell. And Chris, uh, we, again, I always enjoy talking with you. We always learn something from you. I want to turn to what is going on right now in Washington, D.C. with the uh, ascension, if you will, uh, the unlikely ascension, I believe, is a fair statement of a man who's barely known to the American public, and that's Mike Johnson, uh, the new uh, Speaker of the House, the 118th Congress. Uh, your thoughts about what we witnessed, uh, the process, and the result in Mike Johnson? Well, the result of Johnson to me was what a relief. This guy, I mean, look, he's a politician, right? But he's not one of the the anointed uh, political operators, right? He's, he's not one of the, he's not a Kevin McCarthy, right? He's not some guy who spent his entire life scheming to become the, the speaker or, or to be part of the leadership. He's, he was described to me, I interviewed uh, Congressman James Comer this morning, and Comer said, well, you know, he's just, he's just a regular guy. <laughs> I said, well, imagine that, a regular guy in my living memory, uh, we've never had a regular guy as the Speaker of the House, so this may be very refreshing. Yeah, I think it takes uh, one to know be... one, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I have great hope. I think he's a, a genuine uh, person, a genuine, honest, legitimate, authentic uh, representative of the people of Louisiana. He, he's not some fat cat K Street guy. He's not some career political operator. Uh, he, he's a man of faith, clearly. Uh, he's, he's an intellectual in the, with regards to his knowledge of the, the Constitution, and he's litigated on constitutional questions and issues. He's got a great voter rating uh, from uh, Family Research Council. I find solace in that. So I, I have high hopes. I think we may actually have somebody who's uh, honest and can get the job done. And uh, despite that, uh, or because of that, you know that Hakeem Jeffries is going to try to tear this man to pieces venomously, relentlessly, because that's what the Marxist Dems do. And I have the sense from the man, and I have never even met him, uh, that he will be able to withstand uh, all of the slings and arrows and the the viciousness of what is uh, the Democratic Party uh, as the leader of the uh, the loyal opposition in the in the House of Representatives. Yeah, I mean, your assessment is exactly right. The left is going to viciously attack him. If he has an unpaid parking ticket from 1989, you know, they're going to try to turn that into, you know, a crime against humanity. That, that, that's right. their M.O. They, they, even, I mean, the, the swipe they took at the turnover of the gavel, they, had to, they naturally had to touch on January 6th once again, which is, again, another load of garbage. But uh, look, if that's their sick little fantasy and they want to stay stuck in that, great. Let them have at it. Uh, everyone knows that it's not it's not the the end of the republic that they like to pretend that it is. The other piece of the equation that I found quite interesting is that 
I heard Matt Gates do an interview uh, where he kind of gave some interesting behind the scenes, or at least his his narration of the behind the scenes that McCarthy was involved in. It, it, I get the impression, I could be wrong, but I get the impression that this last three weeks of Republicans kind of bouncing off the walls and not being able to get the job done uh, and, and get to a speaker quickly, a lot of that may have been uh, McCarthy sabotaging everybody in sight, running around doing little backroom deals and trying to swing votes and threaten and promise. And it seems that McCarthy was really hoping to get himself appointed back in as speaker. That's the impression that I'm left with having listened to Gates. I, I can't yeah. swear to it. I'm just telling you what my impression is. Yeah, we've been talking about the 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 effect of two uh, two uh, two individuals primarily. Uh, one is, uh, of course, Kevin McCarthy, uh, and the other is Steve Scalise and the role that they were playing in the, uh, if you will, the backroom dealing from the very earliest uh, point, uh, particularly. It's interesting to me to, to think, why did Steve Scalise back away so quickly? Uh, I still haven't resolved that one uh, from anyone. Have Have I heard an explanation for that? But then to yeah. see Jim Jordan emerge with 200 votes, uh, twice, almost twice as many as anybody else, and then be rejected by the conference. Uh, he was rejected by, you, you know, Kevin McCarthy and uh, Steve Scalise and, and, their, uh, and their fellow travelers, including uh, yeah, Tom I, I, I agree. I agree. That, so. that, that, was a, that was an attempt to punish him for some reason. That, that was one of those, whoop, not yet, you know, close but no cigar kind of thing. They it was done, I think, as a demonstration. Uh, because of a number of his qualities. One is he's a man of principle, character, uh, and uh, he is not a creature of the swamp. Uh, and he is a conservative, after all, and uh, and a uh, and the most popular Republican in the country uh, after Donald Trump. Uh, Chris, let's let's turn to the Judicial Watch FOIA uh, request in the in the. Twittergate uh, uh, files. Uh, give us give us a, a peek into what is uh, going on there. We have been pursuing aggressively all of this really sick, twisted alliance between Silicon Valley, and when I say that, I mean all the social media companies, but in particular Twitter. You know, pre pre Elon Musk, the the the, but it was still. Uh, essentially a, a digital arm of the Democratic National Committee. And their uh, connection with the FBI and the Department of Justice, uh, we think it's absolutely imperative that we drill down and get as much information as possible because that was an incredibly dangerous period. And it, it showed how we really got ourselves into an Orwellian situation where the government was going to control what you saw, what you read, who you were in communication with, and they were they were tracking and controlling and editing and censoring. Uh, we also just came out with a, a, a documentary called Censored and Controlled. You can see it on our website, judicialwatch.org. And it goes in and just, it's a four-part series. Each, each piece is about 10 minutes long, and it details all the coordination that went on between big government and, and big tech 
And, uh, you know, it's Hunter Biden laptop. It's COVID-19. It's election. It's everything that mattered in the last couple of years and how the government was trying to control what you read and heard and, and what you communicated about. And what is the name of it again? And uh, Censored and Controlled. So if you go to judicialwatch.org, O-R-G, you'll see there's a big banner headline up there for censored and controlled. And uh, if you click on that, it takes you to a page that, that is dedicated to nothing but that, that documentary. It's a four-part series. The thing that's really great about it is it's not just us sitting around talking about how wonderful we are. We got Matt Tabibi, Michael Schellenberg, uh, it interviewed at length in the documentary. Jim Jordan is is uh, interviewed. We we get down, and, and it's all document driven. This is not just opinion. This is our records, our documents that we sue for, and we get through through court process. And it's the actual journalists, and then the House member Jim Jordan, who did the investigations, who who reported on what was going on, and so you get it straight from the horse's mouth. I think folks will really enjoy seeing it. And uh, and we will be uh, uh, seeing that ourselves. I had heard about that one, and I will uh, check it out. Uh, and we will everybody it. remember it is judicialwatch.org. We're coming right back. We're talking with Chris Farrell of Judicial Watch. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about new records that reveal President Obama's presence at the emergency scene uh, on uh, his... Uh, Martha's Vineyard home uh, grounds as the Obama family chef drowned. We'll find out what's going on. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now with Chris Farrell of Judicial Watch, and I want to just bring up to get your thoughts on why we cannot get straight answers from our government on it seems like almost anything, but anything controversial, including the drowning of the Obama family uh, chef uh, up in Martha's Vineyard at the Obama uh, place there. Uh, the records reveal now that the Obamas were home as after months of denial uh, that uh, we are still unclear about whether the kids were there and exactly what happened. How is it that the Secret Service and the FBI can get away with absolutely dropping a black curtain uh, over the people that they're protecting, whether it be Biden or whether it be Obama or whomever? Yeah, they are outlaw organizations. They're completely out of control. They've been politicized 
way beyond the scope of their law enforcement authority. And uh, they're professional liars. You know, and if they don't lie, then they stonewall, you know, which is the next best thing to lying. So our listeners will remember that back at the end of July, uh, the Obama's personal chef, a gentleman by the name of Tafari Campbell, uh, there was a drowning report. He was out on a paddleboard at in the evening, uh, almost 8 p.m., like between 7:30 and 8. Right. And he's out paddleboarding around uh, in the water just off the Obama's property in Martha's Vineyard, in particular an area, Edgartown is the area in Martha's right. Vineyard. And he's paddleboarding around, and for whatever reason, the poor guy goes off the paddleboard, and he's not a good swimmer. In fact, there's even documentation we got where his family member said, well, he had taken some lessons, but frankly, he wasn't really very good in the water. And so this poor guy uh, drowns. He's dead. Now, that's tragic enough. It's horrible. But what happens? The entire apparatus around the Obama operation starts lying. Edgartown police does a double talk game and doesn't they have a record, but they don't have a record. Then they can't give us the record. It, it's under the jurisdiction of the Massachusetts State Police. So they, they kind of run us around in a circle. We go to the Massachusetts State Police and we use the open record, open record laws to get the, the documentation. We want the police report, you know, the, the death report. We're trying to understand what happened here. And the more they obfuscate and the more they double talk, the weirder the story gets. Uh, so now we find out, first of all, that there was another woman involved. We, did, we didn't realize that at first. But now there's, there's a, there was a female with the chef. We don't know who she is. Uh, at one point in the documentation we got, we got 40 pages of material, but at one point in the, in the documentation, it appears she dove in to try to get him. Uh, but the, the water there was very murky. This Edgartown Great Pond is the area that they were in. She couldn't see him. She couldn't find him. And so she believes that he had died. We also found out that the U.S. Secret Service has rescue swimmers, believe it or not, right. stationed at the Obama compound. They went in after this guy trying to find him. Um, and then I guess the, the really the, 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 the point that sticks in my head as being why bother to lie about this is that it now turns out that we have documentation showing that Barack Obama himself showed up and was part of or, or took, took part in or observed, participated in interviews about what had gone on there. So, you know, the more questions we ask, the more documentation we get, the weirder the story gets. Yeah. Because the Obama team lied about it. They said they had nothing to do with it. Well, he, he was there. We did you get the 911 audio? Uh, we did not get the 911 audio. Daily Mail somehow. Now, now, what we asked for actually fell within the scope of that. We should have been provided that for whatever reason. You know, again, this is like pulling teeth, right? Right. They didn't give it to us. Daily Mail, to their credit, we, we have to go to a British newspaper to get this information, right? It's crazy. But they did. They got a hold of it somehow. Credit to them for getting it. Um, but there's bits and pieces of this coming out. And frankly, the more we look at it, we end up having more questions than we do answers. As, as so often happens with, a, with an outright cover-up. Uh, I mean, we know, for example, 
We're, we're talking about all of the skullduggery, the corruption of the Bidens. We know that the National Security Agency uh, has all of those tapes, all of that audio. I said tapes, they're, they're bytes uh, and files. Uh, and yet nothing's forthcoming. We know the Secret Service was with the Bidens every place they went. But nothing from the Secret Service. They did nothing. Uh, they They don't protect so much as they simply cover up and cocoon their uh, pre- protectees. Uh, it's outrageous Correct. that we have yeah. a, a government that is keeping the truth from the American people. And 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 they do it in, aggressively. I mean, this is not them just being sort of non-responsive or slow. Uh, they hide stuff. I mean, this is an effort to, to mislead. It's not it's not accidental, and it's consistent. And, you know, I'll, I will I'll remind everybody that, you know, even for all eight years of the, of the Obama-Biden presidency, we, we don't even have the full story. We have six of the eight years. But for six of those years, uh, Hunter Biden had Secret Service protection on 411 flights, different travel, different airplane yep. trips that he took. Of the 411, he went to 26 different countries. And of the 26 different countries, he made five trips to China with Secret Service protection. And we're supposed to believe Daddy doesn't know anything about his business. It's all coincidental. No one really understands. No one knows anything. There's no records. I mean, this that gives you a, an idea that the scope, the magnitude yeah. of the corruption and the deception involved. Well, I, I love Senator Chuck Grassley coming forward through a letter to the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, who, in my opinion, should have been long gone as a result of impeachment for his uh, perfidy and corruption. Uh, but nonetheless, revealing that there are 40 confidential informants, FBI confidential informants from his from his years as vice president forward to now talking about criminal matters uh, that are related to the Biden family and and what's happening. There's going to be, we all know, another black curtain drop from the national Marxist corporatist media, uh, another black curtain by, from the Marxist Dem Party, then the Secret Service agents and all of them, uh, whether it be the Department of Justice, the FBI, you name it. Uh, and we're going to have just this sense, this ripple that goes through the universe that something has happened, but it's, uh, as they say, something happened somewhere by someone's certain, and the only thing certain is it was Joe Biden. Yeah, you know, uh, 40 people, right? How How is it that Garland and the rest of them, for that matter, whether it's Christopher Ray, et cetera, how can they stand by and have expect anyone to pretend to believe for a second that they're not actively involved in a cover-up, right. that they're not actively obstructing. Particularly the for the part FBI. Is, I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, mean, I, I give Grassley credit for making this public, but then I always say, well, what's the consequence? You know uh, what the consequence so, is. So it, this is what I asked Comer in an interview earlier today. I said, so you're going to move 12 appropriations bills in the next you know, month, basically, 
uh, you know, three weeks, really, to, to move these appropriations bills through. Are you going to do anything at all to constrain or restrict the monies, the appropriation monies for DOJ? Are you going to defund Jack Smith's operation? Are you going to curtail anything, or do they just get a blank check and they get to spend whatever money they want? I know the answer. So you know, what did he tell you? Well, Comer then went on to say, well, uh, everyone knows that we need to do this, and uh, the appropriators don't always cooperate, and we need to really press, and da-da-da-da. So, it, you know, it was a very strong maybe. Uh, yeah. let, me, me, let me give you the great, I, the great America show uh, report on this, uh, according to various sources. There will be no such effort, because they do not have, and this is the important part, not only is it not happening, it's not happening because they don't have the votes in the Republican Party in the House uh, to do what is the right thing. And that is the fact. Yeah, this is what makes the American public go nuts. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to fund and subsidize and promote the Jack Smith operation, the insane corruption around all the Biden activities. Uh yeah, you know, this is where people lose heart. You know what I mean? The, the, this is the, the the same. This is the same stupidity as sending a hundred million dollars to uh, Hamas, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's all related. Unfortunately, we're going to get into the uh, we're we're going to be focusing on what is a vast, vast global Marxist conspiracy against uh, democratic governments all across the world uh, on this show. Uh, and uh, it all begins uh, tomorrow here on The Great America Show. Uh, and I hope you'll join us for a number of the elements of that show, Chris Farrell. Uh, and we thank you again in the midst of all of this that is so murky, so dark, uh, so corrupt. Uh, we have Judicial Watch watching over this government, and I don't know where we'd be without uh, the uh, the watchdog group. I think uh, the most important watchdog group in Washington, D.C., in fact, Judicial Watch. And leading the way, of course, Tom Fitton and Chris Farrell. Chris, thanks for being with us here. We appreciate it. Lou, thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Our guest here tomorrow on The Great America Show will be author and columnist Lee Smith. On the Biden administration's strategic goals in the Israel-Hamas-Iran war, are our forces in the Middle East solely to support Israel, or are they also there to restrain Israel? And if so, how will that work out? Please join us here tomorrow for that and more, and join us each and every day. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs, on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight, and on LouDobbs.com. Thanks, everybody. God bless you. May God bless America.